Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Living Room Logic. Welcome back to yet another episode of Season 3 of Living Room Logic, me and Andrew's beautiful science podcast um we wanted to talk about something really interesting today to do with a very human problem and a very human issue um and and maybe Mm. talk about the science of it specifically we want to go into how depression and anxiety and these sort of mental health issues work uh from a scientific basis and andrew's really well read up on this and has has worked in this area himself a bit so it's going to be really interesting to hear what he has to say but what i wanted to just talk about first is the kind of situation we have in ireland to do with mental health ireland were a country that really struggles with with mental health in our population particularly in young people we have had issues with things like suicide um at high, quite high rates especially in young males um and so there's clearly an issue here in our country that we're not dealing with as well as we could and we are constantly pushing the government to provide more and more infrastructure and support there for particularly our young people but I did a small bit of reading on this and, and actually was quite interesting. I found that um, about one in five people in Ireland struggle with mental health issues. And that's pretty mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Um, and I looked at some very recent reports that looked at the effect of the pandemic on mental health and so the report I just talked about was actually back in like 2018 there was no pandemic yet and it's only gotten worse and I think about 50% of people now not that uh, don't have mental health issues but 50% of people are really not happy with their current situation this is how mental health issues start is being in situations that you are in stress for too long and so that's really where we are right now and Andrew can you tell us how this actually unfolds at a kind of neurological biological level yeah it's extraordinarily complicated (laughs) okay It, it is it is because looking at mental health in general looking at depression looking at anxiety the 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 most common things that everybody may experience at some point in their lifetime it can come down to a number of factors. It, it can be biological. Mm-hmm. It, you can have a disorder of neurochemicals in your mind. It could be psychological. You could have gone through a stress. You could have gone through something that happened. Or perhaps you didn't go through something or you went through a childhood that didn't give you the coping mechanisms to deal with real-world stresses. Mm-hmm. 
It can be societal. It can be things completely outside of your control, such as a bloody lockdown or something like that, or going to college mm-hmm. and the stresses that society puts on you to fit into the model. And if you don't fit into that model, the quality of life that you have is taken from you. Yeah. Okay. These are all extremely common things, mm-hmm. and all of them result in the same thing. They they result in a feeling coming down and an inability to bring it back mm-hmm. up. It gets confusing a lot of the time as well, because my mom asks me this a lot. She says, well, sure, doesn't everyone get depressed? Mm. You know, when when someone dies, you get depressed. Yeah. And that that's what she... And she says, so what is depression? And I, I try to explain to her that when something sad happens, you feel sad. Mm-hmm. That's That's a human response. You feel sad and you mourn, and you feel that for yeah. weeks. And you come out of it. It's a natural process. But depression is the drop of mood without the ability to regulate yourself back up. It's that loss of control. And like I just said, it could be down to a number of things. And for a number of people, it is biological. There are Mm -hmm. a number of people who simply do not produce enough of the neurochemicals like uh, neuroadrenaline, serotonin, things like that. And they simply have a dysregulated and disordered brain to control it out of their control, but at least they can be medicated. And other people need different responses, okay? And this is kind of why we get a lot of people who really struggle with it, because we're not at a place yet with depression and anxiety that we can listen to someone and say, you need counselling, or you need to be medicated, or you need this type of counselling. So like people speaking through traumas or dealing with coping Mm -hmm. mechanisms, and people who perhaps would benefit more from things like cognitive behavioural therapy which kind of teaches you how to look at your emotions and how to look at the context of everything you're feeling and to monitor the way you're perceiving information. We don't have a clean way of doing it. And that's why it's because mental health is absolutely a physical condition. It's absolutely a physical condition. But because you're not bleeding... Because you can't measure an immune response, because you can't do a scan to show a tumour growing, because we don't have that measure, it often gets pushed to the side because we can't quantify it. And sadly, you can't quantify the severity of depression without monitoring someone's behaviour 24 hours Mm -hmm. a day. It's an extraordinarily complex and difficult thing to understand. And I suppose what I really want to talk about is kind of... Why on earth would humans feel this? <laughs> you know, yeah. Why, why, why is, is this, this a part of the human us? condition? Because the emotions themselves absolutely should exist. We should feel sad. You know, I don't want someone I care about to pass away and me to go, ah, sure, look, that's completely unhealthy. That's awful. Yeah. You know, we, we, we should feel sad. But I want to talk about how this even comes to be. There's two major parts of our brain. There is the cognitive, the way we think, and the emotional, the affective, the way we feel. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time we think that we're very like, you hear things like emotional intelligence and things like that. But in a big way, emotions are the most primitive reptilian pigeon brained part of us. They're simple, you know, the emotional part of our brain is the same thing that a wolf would feel when it sees another pack of wolves, they get mad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's things like that. And you see things 
like that all the time. But what makes humans different is our cognitive. We're clever. You know, as a species, and, uh, there's a great quote of uh, think of how stupid the average person is and then remember that half of them are even thicker. I, I, love, <laughs> I love that quote. But if you put us in the context of life on Earth, That's we're, we're extraordinary. If you put us into context of life on Earth, we're extraordinary. So this is what gives us a difference. It's this big frontal lobe at the front of our head. And it is evolving. And because it evolved so well, we have this big booming society that 400 years ago, which is nothing in evolutionary terms, mm -hmm. versus today are monstrously different. Mm -hmm. Like 400 years ago, there wasn't an America, was there? We've gone through an entire industrial and technological revolution. And on evolutionary terms, there is not a chance in hell that our emotional evolution could catch up in time, right? Not a chance. How no. could it? It's completely unfeasible, you know? For me, it would be like putting birds on Mars and they would struggle immediately to fly because it's a less dense mm -hmm. atmosphere and there's less gravity and everything would be out of balance. It's not that they couldn't manage, you know, given that they had air. It's not that they couldn't manage. It's that evolutionary, way too short a time span to expect them to be healthy and survive. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, it's this balance between... Yeah. Were we evolved enough to have society? And probably not. We were evolved enough to think about it, but not to feel it. Because mm -hmm. emotions are there to help us survive. They need to overpower everything. Emotion is that whatever you're doing, put your sticks and forks down and run for your life because you saw a tiger. Okay, it overtakes the way you think. It's stronger than the way you, you can't think yourself out of fear. Your heart is still pumping. Mm -hmm. You can say, like you hear people in movies saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But they're freaking out. <laughs> you know, The emotion yeah. is stronger. Yeah. And no matter what you do, it's so hard to think yourself out of it in the moment because it's driven by pure biology. It's hormones and heartbeat and your, your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system changing the way you're breathing, changing where blood is going, and you don't stand a chance. And then your frontal lobe, which has really evolved, is just kind of thinking, why do I feel this way? I don't need to feel this way. I don't need to be scared. I'm not about to die. And your body keeps driving on. It's this exact system of regulating our emotions that got us to where we are. Mm -hmm. When we're looking at it, we need to separate the cognitive evolution and the emotional evolution and try to find that balance of where we are. Because in a big, big way, emotions are the lens through which we summarize what we thought about. So we, we might, mm -hmm. cognition is we take all the information in front of us we measure it and we tell ourselves, right, this is what's happening. What do I think is going to happen? If you are very positive and happy and having a great day, you could see bad information and say, OK, this isn't great, but I think I'll be OK. But if you're in a state of yeah. despair, you will see even things that are neutral and you will say, God, nothing is nothing is going my way. Mm -hmm. And. It's, it's so important to that. So you can look at the same pieces of information and how you're feeling will adjust it and it will change that. And it's so important to think about that. 
And then when you put it into the context of how we are all doing today, we still have that biological dysregulation that can occur. And perhaps this biological mm. dysregulation can occur because we're not working on the farm or we're not living in tightly knit communities where you see 40 people a day and you grow up maybe knowing 120 people all your life. You know, you're not working to survive. You're yeah. not actually fulfilling something which is fulfilling you know many people were you're not a baker making bread you might work you might be the accountant of the baker working for him you know what i mean even mm -hmm. where we find our purpose is kind of being taken away from us a little bit and biologically mm -hmm. that's very tough because there's a huge amount of benefits of being physically active there's a huge amount of benefits to being socially active and a lot of the jobs in the modern day step back from that. And if you think back 400 mm. years ago, there were no jobs in isolation. No. And there were no jobs that were not physical. They were all physical. Exactly. And if you think back 10,000 years, there was, there was nobody who didn't at some point be active. Even the king in mm. the castle probably got there by fighting in wars and killing the people who previously yeah. sat there, you know? So yeah. everyone, it was like that. And I'm not saying that, oh, we have to exercise constantly and it's about that only. But it does play a massive part. The human body expects to be physically active. It does play into another part. But even if you exercise that doesn't guarantee that you'll feel better immediately. Because like I said, mm. it could be biological. No amount of exercising, for example, can change a trauma. That is, that is still something that someone might be suffering through. No amount of exercising may give you the skills to cope with stress. You can't control that. And no amount of exercising can change the way you feel within society. So it's really important to contextualize what everybody needs and i think it's just so important to kind of think about it deeply and recognize that where humans are today is not how humans were designed and that there's huge reasons yeah. that we should feel sad and there's reasons we should feel happy but these become highly dysregulated in a system that humans were not built to exist in we may have built it mm -hmm. But our bodies and our biology and the way that we're stringed together wasn't designed to survive in this exact system. We were designed to survive so, and regulate ourselves in a different system. Okay, so it's almost like there's a burden there. It's like the burden of, what are we going to call it, um, collective knowledge or the, yeah. you know, the renaissance, the the birth of, of modern society and understanding mm -hmm. cognitive revolution of people brought with it a huge mm -hmm. burden that people didn't realize when we went into it absolutely that's insane yeah, it is it is it's the fact it, it's literally we are more intelligent than we were ready to be and we are weaponizing wow. our intelligence to use tools that are can do things that we can't even imagine we can't even contemplate or think about the work that computers do we can tell computers to do mm -hmm. things but we we i'm sorry but if i put a jar of beans in front of you you'll never guess how many are in it 
<laughs> you know, yeah. if I put 10,000 plus beans in a jar, I'm sorry, Aiden, but you're not going to get that in five guesses. Sure you can ain't. you can try, but computers, easy. You know, computers could calculate the diameter, they could calculate the volume of each bean, and they could definitely accurately guess how many are in it. But that's what we're working with. We are so much smarter than we're ready to be smart. We're so much more intelligent than we're ready to be intelligent because we are still emotional beings. And I'm glad we're emotional beings I, because the problem mm-hmm. is, is that you can be as intelligent and as cognitively sharp as you want, but every human on earth is in the pursuit of happiness. You know, everyone, we're all looking for that feeling of okayness, of being safe, being warm, being comfortable, being fulfilled, and occasionally being happy. But at the baseline, we want to feel okay. We want to feel like everything's fine. and. Mm. What happens is the way that our emotional brain values the things that keep us fine and the way that society perhaps values keeping us fine is not the same. Society has very unphysical things to say you're doing fine. Things like money, things like education, things that are untangible. But the human body is looking for things like activity, Things like productivity, things like socializing, things like um, romantic relationships, things like family, things like pushing mm-hmm. on and building for the next generation. This is very hum- human community, very biological stuff, visceral, visceral stuff. stuff. Yeah. And that's what the emotional brain tries for. And you can pull it down and just think of something like a cat or a dog. And well, maybe not a dog because we've kind of forced dogs into be more human. You know, you know. <laughs> now they don't quite act the same way. But think of wild animals, and wild animals, their cognition they they don't have this metacognition where they can think about their emotions. They can just see maybe a track, or they will smell something, and they will go right. Let's cogn- let's right. What does that smell like? It smells like a squirrel. I like the taste of squirrels. Right. And then their emotion goes, and you're hungry, by the way. And then your other emotions say, I'm going to motivate you to get that food. And then the wolf goes, hell yeah, let's get that squirrel. And it's that simple. It is that simple. And then the moment it goes, get that squirrel, it feels like sense of content. But up until that moment, until it gets that, it's feeling a little less than content because the body has to tell you to drive on. So it's extraordinarily complex. I I think another aspect of it, which about uh, depression and anxiety, which is very interesting, is thinking about sickness and the way we respond to sickness. So when someone has the flu, they get so they go through something which is called having sickness behavior. Okay, sickness behavior is when you get lethargic, you're fatigued, uh, you may want to sleep more, you might tend to eat maybe the same amount, maybe even a little bit less, and tend to stay on your own. This is just a, a natural response. It doesn't matter if what, what illness yeah. you have. Everyone tends to go this way. And um, yeah. this is very um, biologically driven because you want to conserve energy if you're fighting a disease or an illness of some kind. If, if it's contagious, mm-hmm. perhaps you want to be antisocial. And things yeah. like that. And this is all immune system driven. 
Uh, your immune. This isn't the illness. It's not how sick you are. It's your immune system, which alters parts of your brain to drive you towards this behavior. It says, right, we're going to be more lethargic. We're going to be less um, happy. We're going to be more in a slightly depressed state of mind. We're going to be have less energy and stay in bed all day. And that kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? You know, it, it's mm. that kind of things are not OK. So we're going to adjust our behavior until things are better, which mm. is a very, you know, it, it's a it's a very real and very biologically driven thing to. Is it kind of like a because I, I, I see two different things mm. here. I see a, a conservation of energy to invest into fighting said disease or illness. Um, so that's one thing that I heard, but you're actually saying it's more of a, uh, immune system causing a behavioral change. So, or it's is both. it both? Oh, it's absolutely both because it's the immune, the immune system is fighting the infection, but it also knows that it stands the best chances using all the available mm -hmm. resources, which might be a bit more difficult if you decide to pick yourself up and run a marathon. You might be low on resources. So it says, tuck in, this is the safest thing for you to do. Find a nice little cubby hole, find a nice cave in the woods mm -hmm. that you don't smell any predators mm -hmm. around and just lie down. So it, it's very like, uh, it, it works together. Yeah. But in a big way, the symptoms of depression are quite similar. It's, it's that kind of mm -hmm. sense that things are not okay, so sit down and you're not feeling happy. You're, you're, you can even be feeling nothing. You can be um, anhedonic, which is the inability to feel pleasure, which is one of the most common symptoms of depression, where it's mm -hmm. gotten to a point where you just don't feel it anymore. You, you don't even feel sad. Mm -hmm. You feel nothing. It's like you've become completely disconnected yeah, yeah, yeah. from the, the emotions. And I think it's just really important to consider the complexity and consider how human these things all are. Because there's so many people who point the finger and say, well, if you did this, 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 and this, you'd feel better. And it's not mm. like that at all. It, it really isn't. You could, like, yeah. you see it all the time. People might be really stressed about money, and that might send them into a depression. And then you'd have people who are millionaires, who have no more goals, and they go into a depression. And I know it's very easy for you to say, or, you know, we've all yeah. said it, oh, poor them, let them wipe their tears with $100 bills and stuff like that. But it's still the human condition. We're pretty goal orientated. Yeah. And if you can't hit a goal or there's no more goals for you to hit, you're kind of facing the same problem that you're, you're kind of stuck in that mm -hmm. mindset. So feeling sad and scared, which is the, you know, the most basic and uh, simplified and oversimplified way you could discuss depression, anxiety is there are emotions that we need to feel. We need to be anxious if we see a tiger creeping up behind us. That's, you know, quite important. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also important to feel anxious about things ahead of us. You know, if you predict, if you're low on money and there's a bill coming, you need to feel a little bit of anxiety to adjust your behavior. That's, you know, that's just a perfectly normal and healthy way to feel. Mental health, mm -hmm. however, is when this is completely dysregulated and disjointed from reality. But this isn't the fault of the individual. It's more so the fault of the reality. Because we were built to be scared yeah. of tigers, not like bills. And when there's no tigers and there's no real life threats, 
the emotion still exists. And we've just changed the baseline from, right, I'm going to run for my life if I see a predator to I'm going to get that same adrenaline rush if I have to do an exam. Because that's one of the worst things yeah. we can do. It's it, the base. It's not like, oh, mm-hmm. great. Life is all good. We're going to be constantly happy. The human condition is to not be constantly happy. The human condition is to constantly drive upwards and to constantly achieve goals and to constantly move up in the world. Yeah. We're just always going to try and find a neutral. But the problem is society is so safe. We have to be scared about something. So we get anxious about smaller things. And since society isn't the way that humans were built to survive, mm-hmm. or the modern society, especially now with lockdowns and things like that, it becomes even more unrealistic for us to biologically regulate ourselves. So what do we do about this, though, Andrew? I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> no. Is there, yeah, is there no, hope it, here well, in like, this it's, situation? It's going back to basics, it's realizing that you can't survive on your own. It's realizing that family is important, your friends are important, and putting time into those things is important. Because I I think it's so easy to forget that, and I totally recognize, Mm. and I think that's why there's a huge outcry at the moment with lockdowns and things like that, that we have lost so much of this socializing. And especially for, like, like, honestly, my heart goes out to people between, like, 13 and 21. Because that is like the prime years of socialization. It's the prime mm. years of in- interacting with other people. And building, building a, personality, a personality and you get your happiness from other people, you know? So it's it's what's important is to recognize that if you're feeling off during a pandemic, during isolation and things like that, that's because you're human. You know, it's because you're human and mm. it is totally acceptable to feel that way. In fact, it's, it is the normal. It's the normal. Well, like, you shouldn't feel... Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but people who feel absolutely fine have probably become used to that through other mechanisms. Perhaps that's just their personality. Mm. Perhaps they're just naturally introverted and that's okay too. And But it's yeah. so important that for the vast majority, this isn't the case. So I, I can totally understand people who are extraordinarily anti-mandate and things like that. But the problem mm-hmm. is that viruses are playing on natural human behavior to transmit. Against, They're riding yeah, the wave us, yeah. of our natural behavior. And the best way to trim that down and to prevent that would be, would be to change natural human behavior. So in the future... I think it's really, really important that we'll feel probably a lot more social anxiety going forwards. But it's important to be mm-hmm. social. You know, over the coming months, we'll be really coming out of this wave and things are looking a lot more promising for 2022 that the pandemic will likely become endemic. That's from the World Health Organization. They said that. And we'll see a summer mm-hmm. that it's important to be social. It's important to do that. It's important to look Mm -hmm. after our health. It's important to go easy on each other and recognize that we might not be fully ourselves. It's important to be open minded Mm. to things. A lot of people might have gone through this pandemic and they might need to see a doctor. And that's normal. Who hasn't? Okay, like I I can talk from my own experience that like I do a lot. But when I was 18 to 22, 
I had a lot of problems with things like depression and anxiety and I did all of the things. I, I was on antidepressants for a time. I think I, I've seen two, two or three different counsellors. And honest to God, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have close to the coping mechanisms that I would need to do the work I'm doing now. And you need to be open-minded yeah. to that because it's so beneficial. And just because you're doing it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. You're human and you're mm. de not designed for the world we're in. And that's okay. And that doesn't mean the world yeah. we're in isn't good. Mm. This is the best time to be a human. Because even though we feel sad about things mm. like exams, I'd prefer to feel sad about that than a tiger behind me. You, you know? Yeah. Right? So, so tiger, we're living exactly. in the best of times, even though it's still a tricky time to be human. I think just go easy on yourself. Mm. Watch yourself come back in the world. See a positive and optimistic year ahead of you. And think brightly. And look forward because it can be very easy to get stuck in the moment and recognize that the way you're thinking is through the lens of a human who's been isolated and has had a very tough two years. And the way you might be thinking yeah. is not the only way you could be thinking. That's really good. Thank you, Andrew. That was that was nice. I was getting a no. bit scared for a minute there that there would be <laughs> no hope. But you know what? That is really hopeful that just even know that this is our human condition and uh, and this is a very biological for thing sure. at its core and so let's have some compassion for each other in absolutely. 2022 absolutely best of luck everyone go easy god bless this is the end of the podcast we hope you enjoyed your time if you're feeling generous and you're not completely skinned, why don't you give us some of your money? Join our Patreon. Join our Patreon. Join our Patreon. Join our Patreon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.